RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Overcast Val and Sunny Beans. They're better than Cloudy Beans. Cloudy Beans. I, I sing in the morning when I start the pre-show. Good morning, good morning. I don't know why. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning, <laughs> good morning to you. That was beautiful. <laughs> they, um, I, I, in that scene, I forget what happened. What what date does it turn? Because it, they go past, you know, go, they go into the next day. Um, I think it's March. It's I think it's a March date. What, I don't even know what movie that's from. Oh, geez. Now I'm... Is that singing in the rain? Hold on. I don't know. I don't know. I got no idea. Uh, Hold on. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I think it's singing in the rain. Oh, I never You've never seen singing in the rain? Nope. Oh, my gosh. Do you know... Here's a little movie trivia for you. Do you know that because, of course, you know, they had very specific ways of filming movies and having them come out look good and the cameras were not nearly as good as they are today, so they had to do certain things to make sure that that uh, certain things read, read on film, things like rain. How do you get rain to read on film when you have all of these, at the time, advanced cameras, but not the best that we know today? And they had to put a little bit of milk inside of the water that they were spraying onto the set for rain so that it would read a little bit better on camera. So actually, Gene Kelly is singing in the milk. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know Mike was still here. This is crazy. There you go. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, okay. Movie trivia to start. And then I want to jump right into Wednesday, Frank. We talked about this pack that had gone after Madison Cawthorn, how it put stuff out about Bobert. And I saw it come across on the Young Turks. That's how I found it. It just crossed across my uh, YouTube feed. But it turns out now, two days later, that, or a day later, Bobert is taking legal action over this false and disgusting claim report that she was a paid escort. So basically they said in these accusations that she was a paid escort and that as a result, or they think as a result of that work, she ended up having two abortions. And, and the Young Turks reported it as an exciting development. It could be true. Well, they said, we don't know if it's true to their credit. They said, we're not sure if we, you know, if this is true yet, but if it is, well, we're just going to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. Yep. And <laughs> and they did, but she's suing. It says here, Bobert's attorney sent a letter to the American muckrackers pack, which is the pack that has do, done all this um, regarding the claims that she was an unlicensed paid escort who had two abortions pledging to bring civil def- defamation lawsuits against them. And it says, quote, Partisan organizations putting out blatantly false and disgusting accusations won't stop me from advancing freedom and conservative values. This group's conduct, um, vile conduct. I hate when ads do this. They, they move in the middle of the um, demonstrates why people are fed up with politics. I'm not going to stand by and pretend this is normal behavior. And in the letter, it says, um, Bobert's attorney uh, wrote that the PAC published a series of false and defamatory statements about the congresswoman. Um, And while Muckrackers has marketed itself as a watchdog group, the truth is they are a political committee that exclusively opposes conservative candidates and 
is funded and established by Democrats. We have irrefutable evidence that each one of these statements is patently false. You knew this, though, and published these outlandish statements knowing they were fabricated, but likely um, operated under the inaccurate assumption that publishing false statements against a public figure would not create liability. And he goes, this will be a costly miscalculation for muckrackers and their donors, because even though there is a heightened standard of proof, we have evidence, including internal muckrackers text and email communications that demonstrates that they did, in fact, publish statements knowing them to be false. Not often in a defamation case do you get pre before filing it evidence that they knew what they were doing was false. Yes. Yes, it's not a, but then again, we live in unusual times. Do we? Oh, yes. Do you think that Elon Musk leaked the internal Twitter call himself to Project Veritas? Uh, I don't know. I Perhaps I wouldn't be oh, at least a wink and a nod to someone who did. I, I don't know, but I still haven't heard him. Oh, it's nice. I, I, I heard I heard the first I heard the first meeting that he wasn't on the call. Uh, I heard the first meeting a couple of months ago, and that was bad enough. But um, for what what I have been seeing the reaction, it was pretty pretty typical. Yeah, it's oh my god, he wants free speech, and he's actually a moderate. What can we do <laughs> to stop this? I mean, he's not even a Republican, for goodness sakes. <laughs> he's what? a moderate on the issue, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and he has a, he has a lot to learn. I mean, he is he is woefully still uninformed about a lot of things, but he's getting there slowly but surely. Woke one up. one needs to hope. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick on the Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard stuff. I know mm-hmm. that, you know, <laughs> she she's going around now doing interviews and um, she she went on with Savannah Guthrie. And is that her name? I don't know. One That's of the, one with the, the one, the one with the weird mouth. Yes, yes, yes. OK. And she was asked um, a question about. When Camille Vasquez, who is Johnny Depp's lawyer, said she gave the performance of a lifetime. And this is her. I'm just going to play this because you're going to you're going to lose it here. Hold on. What do you say to that? Says the, the lawyer for the man who convinced the world he had scissors for fingers. <laughs> I'm the performer. Convinced the world. <laughs> I didn't. I never thought Johnny Depp actually had scissors for. Fa- oh, she's stupid. I mean, this is what she chose to say in this interview. So now there's oh. like all these compilation videos going around. But this this one is this woman is called Natalie Lawyer Chick, and her reaction is the best here. We'll listen to it. Also, everybody had to play it again because they couldn't believe it. But what? 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 Kay? What did she just say? I'm trying to get through this quickly because I got things to do, but is it crack? <laughs> is it crack? What would make, what would possess you to say something like that? Help me, Jesus. What would possess a human being to say something like that? Is it drugs? Is it the laughy happy drugs? Why would you say something like that? Says the lawyer. No one in their right mind. And again, remember I told you guys I didn't know I didn't know Johnny Depp that much. Why didn't I realize until deep into this thing that Johnny Depp was Edward Scissorhands? Because I was a kid when I saw that. And so Edward Scissor, like I didn't understand who actors were. And that's probably why I don't really know who anyone is, because I just accept them for their character. But anyway, ain't nobody really think that Johnny Depp, the person, 
had scissors for hands. Right. We've seen him. He's walking around without scissors. Who told you that that was a good talking point? Who said that? Who said? It would have made, to it made the uh, the pirate films very awkward too. R- right. <laughs> if you had a pirate with scissor hands running around. <laughs> Hold on, because this is where she really lays it out and made me die. Hold on. Wait. Because he was Edward Scissorhands. It's like a level of contempt. No one believed that he was a semi-robotic man who was raised in a mansion and uh, only came down uh, because the Avon lady came down by his house and she tried to cover up his scars and then he started cutting bushes and then he started cutting hair. No one thinks that that's actually Johnny Depp. (laughs) Except her. Maybe that's why she started going out with him. Hey, but listen, I think this is also comes to obviously there's there's some kind of an imbalance there and and uh, her mind is gone. I think after a, a great many years of drugs and being able to nobody checking you on your insanity, I guess that just becomes permanent. But, you know, everybody should remember beauty is fleeting. And once her looks are completely gone, they are, then she's just going to be a crazy lady. Look, I look at her now and her looks are completely gone. She's actually well, ugly. She's under a lot of stress, too. It's just it's just aging her. And of course, she has a lot of contempt for the world, uh, probably a lot of self-hatred and a lot of destructive behavior. So that rots you. It really, really does rot you. It's like dabbling with the dark side. It, it will just it'll turn you into Palpatine. So, um, yeah, th- th- that is fleeting one way or another, but you can certainly hasten the rotting process. Whew. Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, anybody that anybody that I don't know, that just got me like, I mean, first of all, she's redefaming him every time she goes out because she's reasserting that he's an abuser after it's basically been proven that, you know, she's reasserting all the defamation claims she just lost on. I don't know. Incredible. I don't know. Incredible. Yeah. So that's a, just a fleeting little thing that I had there. So I don't I've been working. I told everybody I've been working on this. Um, this case of Joshua Schulte, who you you've never heard of before. So that's good because I get to tell you about it without you knowing anything. OK, yes. Now, interrupt me at will. OK, OK. Don't let me just blather on without you getting involved. OK. All okay. right. Joshua Adam Schulte was arrested in 2017 on uh, child pornography charges. However, he is also allegedly the Vault 7 leaker. Oh, he worked. Yeah. So he worked for the CIA in this like elite hacking, you know, group that created the malware that they would put on workstations elsewhere. And Vault 7 leaks is released in 2000 and what was it? 2017 but apparently was stolen in March or April of 2016. Now, that timeline is very familiar to many of us, right? Mm-hmm. Because isn't that when, like, between then and May or June, and they're not 100% sure on their timeline, by the way, between then and May or June is when the other stuff was stolen as well from the DNC. Yes, the other stuff. Very famous stuff. Yeah, the Podesta emails and the DNC emails. So it looks like all of this stuff happened right around the same time. Now, nobody, of course, ever mentions much of that in the court papers. But this is an extremely complicated case because, first of all, they arrested him on the pornography stuff and didn't charge him with the Vault 7 stuff until way later. 
And he contends that the pornography is not his and was placed there. Like they set him up. I wouldn't be surprised. Have you ever heard? Um, have you ever heard Cheryl Atkinson's some of her testimony? Yes, sir. Before the uh, that that House committee. Yep, she said the same I, thing. They tried to do it to her husband. Uh, I mean, they, I I believe it. Uh, oh, I, and I know that we we are surrounded and we are completely thoroughly infested by by perverts and and um, and abusers. But uh, it's just also becomes a convenient tool because then what? Then what? You're going to deny it. It's, it's part of your ethos. Well, the problem you know? is, is that they said they did this to a man who's probably light years more skilled with with this stuff than they are. See, mm-hmm. so he gets in. He gets arrested. He goes into jail. He gets out on bail because it's a nonviolent offense. He gets out on bail and he, you know, starts. He hires his attorneys. He starts to wage his defense, and then they they do a superseding indictment for all the WikiLeaks stuff and. He's on like personal recognizance or whatever, but he's not allowed on computers because if he goes on computers, you know, there's a chance he could offend and blah, blah, blah. So he or prove it all wrong or prove it all wrong. So he gets his cousin who he's living with to help him like communicate with his lawyers and whatever. And apparently he lived in a house in Virginia and there was a photo on his phone of a girl who had passed out in his house. It was his roommate at the time. And somebody is using their hands to do something sexually inappropriate to her while she's passed out. Uh. And there's no way to identify who it is that's doing that, but they slap these charges on him. And then he's remanded back to prison because not only did he supposedly access the internet via someone else in a way that he wasn't supposed to, but he's also up on some charges in Virginia, which they decide they're not going to actually charge him with until after the case that they're going through in D.C. is over. So they're basically holding the man hostage. Right. And and, and now that there's a picture of someone actually laying hands on another person, is that considered a violent crime? Yes. Yes. Okay. So now he won't get bail. So now he won't get bail and he's in jail and he can't come out of jail now. Right. So he's got these attorneys that are working the case. And all of a sudden, now I'm only going, I'm not going off of anything but what I read in the docket. So anything available publicly in the court case that's been filed, that's where I'm basing all this stuff off of. All of a sudden, he ha- he can't afford, his lawyers all drop out of the case. And it turns out the reason they drop out of the case is because he, he himself and his parents both were randomly victims of identity theft and they drained their bank accounts. So, oh, yeah, man. he has no more money to, to, to pay for his defense anymore. So this is like in those in those movies when the uh, the feds sit you down and they are or, or like some some rogue branch of feds sit down somebody that they have uh, a need or a use for. And they say, if you don't cooperate, we will make your life a living hell. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. Yes. So he gets appointed a public defender. And you know what happens, Frank, when you get appointed a public defender. They're a pedophile. Well, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just kidding. They're usually not good. I mean, you get a, a public defender and you're like, well, oh, might as well stick a fork in me. I'm done. Right. Yeah. Not so in this case. They're the public defender's office is defending this man so vociferously. It would make you think that he had a legal team he was paying millions of dollars for. Wow. Which is so unheard, especially when there's pedophilia involved. It's so unheard of. Like. 
you never hear of a public defender's office going to the lengths that these defenders have gone to to defend this man. Now, he when he was at the CIA, he had like personnel disputes where he got into arguments with staff members or like people like they were a very close knit, small team that like they were a bunch of kids. The kid is only 33 when they arrest him. Like he started working there when he was in his early 20s. So the pedophilia allegations are from 2009 when he was 19. We'll just put it that way. It wasn't even supposedly new stuff. It was stuff they found from years and years ago. He was hosting a like he was almost like hosting his own Napster server where people Mm. could come on and put whatever they wanted there. And, you know, a file share server, for lack of a better word. Um. So, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. They found the initial picture that they used to arrest him inside the page file on the computer, which they had experts come in to testify or to, to, to declare how absolutely impossible it is that he had any idea that file was there and what the page file is used for. It's basically a place where random things go and there's not enough memory on the system. So, like, if your RAM is taxed because you're doing something the page file acts as more RAM on top of what the hardware is, it, you know, makes available to you. And it, it's not a place where you store something. It's it's randomly accessed and wrote, written over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It, it makes absolutely no sense. But that's where these geniuses found this child pornography anyway. So he had these personnel disputes and he ended up actually taking it so far. He was he was afraid for his life, allegedly. And he had had death threats against him while he was on this team in the CIA. And he took it so far because they wouldn't handle it internally as to take the person that had threatened him to court. And he actually got a restraining order against the person. And they had to like restructure everything inside the CIA team around this restraining order. So they started retaliating against him administratively inside the CIA. And he documented that in emails that he wrote to the CIA. I assume that you're moving me and taking my project away because of the, you know, because it's retaliation for what's happening personnel wise. So like, it was bad blood there. Eventually, he ended up quitting when no one would help him with this stuff, whether or not he was really, you know, afraid for his life or he was just trying to be a smart ass pain in the ass is, is up for debate. But whatever. He leaves. He goes to Bloomberg. Vault seven happens. They say he ends up stealing He reverted a backup that he had and took the data and then gave it to WikiLeaks. But there's literally not one shred of proof that he did that other than circumstantial circumstantial stuff. While he's in jail with the public defenders, this is insane to me. He starts working with them on his defense. Now, he he has notebooks and stuff and he he marks two of these notebooks um, privileged attorney client privilege. So no one's allowed in there. That that's, that's like sacrosanct sacrosanct. I'm sorry. But what ends up happening is he gets his hands on contraband cell phones when he's in there. And he starts like communicating to reporters and trying to like the, the warrants that they had gotten were all based on things that weren't true. Sound familiar? Yeah, very, very much so. So he actually has, he has their admission, the FBI's admission that they, they, none of the things they use for probable cause to get the warrants were true. Like they actually come back out and admit that in court because he challenges it. And so he's got that. He wants to get to the press and he's communicating with his parents, trying to get them to print and publish some like articles he had written about his case. Like he's desperate in jail at this point, trying to get anybody outside to understand what's happening to him. And 
the 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 guy that he's also helping to get his own contraband cell phone in jail ends up flipping and telling them that he had the cell phone in ter- in return for a lighter sentence. So yeah, he's using contraband cell phones he shouldn't have inside the prison, documenting the treatment that he's getting, documenting the the fact that he's in solitary a lot of the time, like for no reason. A lot of the things we've heard a lot about over the past year. Right. And I guess, I, and I guess uh, th- th- that's seeming like to be his his biggest set of crimes at this point is is finding ways to get messages out and and let people because he's getting railroaded. Yes, it's, I mean that's what I'm I'm taking away from this. He's getting railroaded, and you, you think that it's because of Vault Seven, or what do you think? I I don't know why. I think they need a patsy because. What ends up what ends up becoming the bottom line here and what will what I'll get to in a second is that the security on these uh, CIA servers was and he had been raising the red flag about their OPSEC for a long, long time was so lax that anybody could have gone in there and taken the stuff like they refused to address how poor they were locking this work down. Now, nobody at any time throughout this, Frank mentions the fact that because they say, oh, he he damaged national security to the point where, you know, it's it's incomprehensible what he did and who he put in danger. And nobody in the case mentions that James Comey could have made it all go away by talking to Julian Assange. Right. But chose not to. For some odd reason. Right. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that and that's the other thing. Why not? You said that they're not charging they're not going after him for Vault 7. It's all the sex stuff. No, no, they are. They charged him oh, with they, all the Vault 7 counts. Yes. Okay, okay. I missed that part. They was, initially popped him on the sex stuff. Got you. So now, now, he, this case goes on and on and on, and it's so technical in nature because think about what they're dealing with. Like, they have to bring in all these experts, and what ends up happening is that the government looks through these notebooks that are marked privileged in their investigation into the contraband cell phones. And inside of those notebooks, they find other things that they want to charge him with. And they just charge him with more things about how he was going to continue to leak and he was going to do this. And he would, and he's saying, these are my com- communications with my attorneys. You're not allowed to do that. And his attorneys go so far as to say, we told him to write those things, we need to now testify on his behalf on these charges. The only thing that you can do, Judge, is separate those charges out so that we can testify in that case while he's represented by other lawyers. And we can still represent him in this case that we've been working on for years now. And the judge refuses to do that. So then they have a third party come in and take a look at the case. And the third party tells the judge, you need to let these lawyers step down and you need to appoint other counsel for him and you need to start this process again. And the judge says, nope, I'm not doing it. So now the judge has made it so this man can't defend himself against the charges that never should have been made on him in the first place because it was privileged information they're using to charge him on. And his lawyers are saying we told him that he had to write this stuff. So they want to take responsibility for it and he, they won't let them testify so that's a whole different like sub layer of all the stuff that's going on with this dude. Damn. And I, and I didn't even know this is uh, this is happening. Yeah, I know. Nobody really does. Like um, the New Yorker wrote about it. The New York Times wrote about it, whatever. So there's a lot of minutia and stuff that's going on in the case that is just absolutely mind blowing. But what ends up happening is he ends up going to trial and it ends in a hung jury. 
So they can't even convict him. It gets just declared a mistrial. They have to retry him again. That started this week. And he's representing himself now, likely because he wants to be able to have his attorneys testify on his behalf. So he's in there representing himself in this case, and they're petrified about it. And here's why. He has literally nothing to lose at this point. And he has a head full of top secret, highly classified information, knows everything about the inner workings of the CIA and how they do things. And he's cross-examining fellow CIA agents and FBI agents about his own case and, and asking them, like, did you know that this, you know, technical thing is possible? Like, basically, reasonable doubt. It has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, right? Right. So he, he I'm reading because inner city press is covering the case. Like it's obviously not televised or anything. So like I'm reading the live tweets that they're doing all week and he's skewering the government's witnesses, skewering them like he's not a lawyer, but he's had five or six years to study. So he's acting like like he's objecting properly in a lot of cases. He's. You know, he's not some fumbling fool that's standing up there in front of these guys. And he's like, from my if I was a juror, I'd be like, wow. Well, to do to do the kind of technical work that he does, I have to imagine that he'd be able to he'd be able to grasp um, the programming of a trial. Oh, yeah. Uh, At least at least to be able to get through with training wheels on. And as you said before, if the truth is on your side and you have nothing to lose, then. It's I mean, why the hell not? You really are the most dangerous person in the room. Yeah. And and the, the thing is, is that what he's trying to do and what some people are theorizing is making it so that it is so dangerous to them for them to testify that they drop it. Like if they have to testify to, to how inept they actually were, that would be more of a harm to the CIA than getting their patsy on the Vault 7 stuff. Uh-huh. Wow. And now now. So what's the timetable of events for this now going forward? I mean, he's got I think that the time is is, you know, the length of time of trial is going to be about a month. Um, this is the second time that they're doing this now. And, you know, this isn't he go, he was um, found guilty on two other counts, like a, a one thousand and one charge and something else. Um, but basically right now where we stand today, he's questioning the FBI about the the informants that it sent. To him, like following him around everywhere, recording all of their conversations, basically trying to entrap him into admitting things like they did to Papadopoulos, basically. Yeah. So it's it's been something. And I want to write it out in a way that people can read it and just understand. Like, I'm not even a quarter of a way through the reading I need to be done with yet. But I can't believe that nobody else is talking about this. It is insane. Well, hey, it's the first time I ever heard of it. I know. I know. Like they arrested this guy in 2017 for goodness sakes. It's 2022. <laughs> I didn't even know that there was a uh, an arrest that was made related to Vault 7 because I thought that they were always they were just going to they're just focusing everything they had on eventually getting Julian Assange. I, I look, all I have to say is the fact that these people and I don't know what they know or what they don't know or the fact that they don't have James Comey in there and Adam Waldman in there and, and Mark Warner in there and Christopher Steele in there testifying to the fact that the, they, they didn't think it was so detrimental 
that they stopped it from happening by merely entertaining a conversation with Julian Assange is beyond me. Hmm. I need I, like if I could like not that I don't know. Look, I, do I know for sure that this dude didn't have child porn? No, there are some incriminating chat messages he had back and forth that. But he was 19 and he was like talking with his friends. And yeah, was it inappropriate? Absolutely. But like, I don't know if it goes to the level of proof that he was a pedophile. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. don't know. So I'm not saying he's innocent. A hundred. I don't even know if he's the one who leaked the stuff, to be honest. But the way that this has been handled is what is the red flag for me. And it's just so familiar. That's 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 yeah, they, the red flag for me. They do it to everybody. They do the same thing to everybody. They do the same thing to everybody. My word. Yeah. So that's that in a nutshell. And um, I guess we could jump to Van, jo- our friend Van Jones, Frank. Uh, he had some words about the mental state of Joe Biden, I heard. He did. He had some words about the mental state of Joe Biden. And then he had some words about Democrats and what they're doing. And they were actually quite okay. telling. It's, it's quick. Here we go. Or not. We're in danger of becoming a party of the very high and the very low. Uh, if you pull out the working class, you've got people who are very well educated and very well off. Those people talk funny. Latinx. I've never met a Latinx. I've never met a BIPOC. I've never met, you know, all this, this weird stuff that these highly educated people say is bizarre. Nobody talks that way at the barbershop, the nail salon, uh, the, 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 uh, the grocery store, uh, the community center. But that's how we talk now. So that's weird. And then the people who are very low down on the economic ladder need a bunch of stuff. You wind up over promising. Oh, we're going to give you reparations to, to people at the bottom of the economic ladder talking weird to appeal to people at the top economic ladder and the work class walks away from you. That is the danger we're facing. That's already happens, son. Sorry. It's already there. You're right. It's already that's that's already it. I mean, we've been there for a while. <laughs> yeah, quite a while. Quite a we've while. We've been there for a while. I mean, people have been trying to make this uh, things like Latinx uh, stick for years. And, and 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 actual people of Latin origin, Latino origin have been laughing at it. I mean, this is a they, they always say that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. This is like the smallest, squeakiest wheel. And it, it has gotten all the grease and it is it's really disaffected so many people. When we on Wednesday, we had a conversation that I, I like kind of wished that you were there for because we were talking about an article that came out in The Intercept, I believe it was, um, where they were talking about how these not for profits and organizations and social justice organizations were having all of this horrible internal arguing going on on the progressive side because of victim classes. You know how we talked about, you know, how are you going to one up the next one? And it was like the the black, transgender, disabled person. Yeah, that, that's basically what's happening, like at these places, because anytime someone does something to elevate a victim class, they're then called um, an ist against that that victim class. And there are too many of them for them to keep track of anymore. I Oh, boy. Right. So they're all in turmoil yeah. internally. So one Just of go ahead. subdividing. Completely subdividing. So one of the um, one of the organizations that was mentioned was um, Audubon, Audubon, I think the name of it is. It's a bird watching organization that protects birds. And they put up a video of this 
drag queen in wings performing some performance art piece, like as some pandering to, I don't even know what they were trying to do, but their donors are not in that demo. So like everybody was attacking them. Like, what the hell is this? I'll never give you another dime again. This is what you're spending our money on. It's like backfiring everywhere. And all of these drag queen story hour people are getting popped for child porn at the same time. I know this has been the greatest pride ever, to be honest. Right. This has been it's been the greatest pride month ever because it has there is no doubt about it. This is child endangerment month. Uh, I, I, I love how exposed it is right now. And it's and the craziness goes even beyond the the um, the incessant pandering to um, weird sexual kinks, because I know plenty of gay people who can't stand this. And um, I was talking about this last night. There's a few things that popped up just within the last 24 hours for me. First of all, last night, the the Yankees, the Yankee or no, two nights ago, the Yan- well, the Yankees won again last night. But l- the two nights ago. The Yankees won against the Rays four to three, and they had brought their record to like 45 and 16. And it's one of the hottest starts in baseball history and all that stuff. And that's that's pretty exciting in itself. And I thought that's cool. Um, 15 minutes after the game ends, I see an alert from my phone. I have the MLB app just in case I'm out of just in case I'm out of um, I'm out of rain or I don't have a radio by me. I just want to listen to a game on radio. I can listen to it there. But it also comes with some news flashes and especially if it pertains to the Yankees I'll get it this Brian Hawk guy he within minutes of the the game ending he publishes a story in fact maybe I can find this uh maybe I can find it on here so you can I can I can read it to you but um hold on Brian Hawk where the hell is it I'm nervous uh, about what you're going to say because <laughs> no it's not it's not anything it's not anything too nerve right it's just Beyond uh, shit. Oh, whatever. Anyway, what he talks about is how this is the one of the hottest starts a team has been on since integration in 1947. And then he goes on to list like five, three or four or five other teams that have had similar hot starts to the Yankees right now. And I and I, I said, wait, wait, wait integrate. So I had to I had to just scan through the whole article just to see if there was any more context as to why he needed to mark racial integration in 1947 as a, a, a watermark for this being a, I mean, what was there? No, there was no hot starts before. Why? Why is that the, 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 the BC slash AD? Why did he have to bring up racial integration just to talk about how the Yankees in 2022 are having a hot start? There was no reason, right? There I mean, was no reason. It's just they, they are they are compelled to do this for no then then Tracy, I borrowed a Disney Plus password from a friend of mine because I wanted to just I wanted to watch this Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. uh short series. And they have, you know, there's one more there's one more um episode next Wednesday. And so I've been watching that once a week for the last five weeks. And I said, you know what? I was sitting around yesterday just for a couple of minutes. I said, I want to watch the very opening of Aladdin again when, you know, the the Robin Williams character comes in on the camel. And I, I just I there's something about it. I said, and, and I have this uh, this access to Disney Plus. I might as well just put it on because I don't have the DVD. I had them all on VHS. I went and I found Aladdin. So many of the classics, they're buried. 
they're buried so that you actually don't even find them. You're only watching the new the new nonsense. Yep. But listen to this disclaimer that popped up before the movie even started for Aladdin. And I heard that this happens for several others. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. Their stereotypes, these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. Oh, God. And I start thinking, what happens in Aladdin that's so bad? Is it just that it takes place in, like, the, the, the Middle East? I, I just don't get I don't it. know, but those same people would be stoning you, your staff to death. Uh, just saying. Oh, yeah. I know. The, I, mean, I love this. These are the people who say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my wife and I'm going to I'm going to hitchhike through through Saudi Arabia to show you how how it's a, a stereotype. Or I'm going to hitchhike through North Africa to show you that this is not a dangerous place. And they both get beheaded. I, I just don't I don't understand why this happens. They might as well just have said on Disney Plus, are you sure you really want to watch this? Don't you want to watch uh, some some new trans friendly nonsense? It's, uh, it's Aladdin. What are they doing before Beauty and the Beast or like freaking well, uh, Pixar? Pixar just got Pixar just got uh, I read this yesterday. They were banned in like 14 countries already and across the world because this new Buzz Lightyear original uh, um, origin film, it's yep. called Lightyear. They feature a uh, le- there's there's two lesbian moms and they they kiss. They, so they, they forced two lesbian characters into the Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear film and had them kiss. Yeah, and, and they, uh, they and, can't view it in so many countries because it's considered Oh, you know what countries do? It's the countries that we're being um, insensitive to when we watch Aladdin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you can't get around it. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> just ass backwards. It's ass backwards. And this this like this whole entire thing, like I, I don't I I read some of the comment sections of things and like I see people trying to like vociferously defend gay pride parades now. Because they've just crossed a Rubicon even more so than most years. And like people are getting pissed off. So like these two dads went into this drag story hour where one of the guys in there apparently had done very horrible things and talked about doing horrible things to kids. And we're asking, why do you have a pedophile in here? Why do you have a pedophile in here? And from from what I noticed, the guy apparently removed all of his YouTube because he had all these videos up of him like these people shouldn't be around kids. I'm sorry. Well, you remember that San Francisco choir that that uh, I guess they it was a joke to them. They sang about we're coming for your kids. Yes. Well, um, after some uh, not even too deep diving, it was confirmed that at least 14 or 15 people in that choir were sex offenders. Of course they were. Of course. Uh, yeah. they were. Seriously, it, it comes down to that. Of course they were. And if you keep and, and, and for those who are not and are just um, I- enabling this stuff, they I hope that they realize I hope that they realize soon what that they have been dragged into, what they have been uh, coerced into and groomed to do and to help bring about a really sick future. I really hope people turn around. 
there's a lot of people that have um, de- been detransitioning coming out now. Yeah. And saying like they did this to me when I clearly had problems that needed help. And instead of doing that, they they just they they suppressed puberty. And now I'm a mess and I have osteoporosis and I'm um I can't like uh, it's just terrible, terrible what they're doing. It's, it's terrible. Oh, wow. Britain has approved the extradition of Julian Assange to the United States. Oh, man. Oh man, I hope he gets a good public defender. Yeah, if he if he uses uh the public defender that Schulte's using, he might have a fighting chance. He's facing 175 years here. Correct. Up to. Yep. What what prison do you think they'll keep him in? Fort Leavensworth? Insane. That's where Hillary should be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is crazy. That just came out just now. So there's that. Um I have a clip that I'm going to send to you. And it, nobody's going to be able to see it or understand it, but I'm going to put it in the show notes so all of you will have to watch it. But it's tweeted with a caption that says, there's so much to unpack here. I'm sending it to you via text, Frank. Okay. I want you to watch it and react live <laughs> because you're going to have to probably watch it twice. It's only about 20 seconds long. Okay, let's see. Just to set the stage, it is a, it looks like what might be a ring camera surveilling the outside of a house in the middle of the day on a somewhat busy street. hell were these guys the end when the freaking cop carries the dog running down (laughs) oh there's i love that you know there's a there's a comment that says was there a cop riding a dog into battle (laughs) oh my god what the we are this is just crazy explain it for people so that they (laughs) okay so it it looks like a semi-quiet street but still there's you know it's a two-way street and the, the the door cam, the first thing that we see is this, I guess, this uh, SUV crossover, black crossover vehicle that literally tumbles into view. It is it is it is somersaulting end over end into view. It comes to a halt right in front of this house that has the camera installed on the door. And you have a a, a fleet of. Wait, wait, wait. Don't forget the guy who comes out. So there's a guy that comes out of his of his house. Runs out frantically, trying to see what the hell is going on. Jumps out. He's looking around, trying to get a gauge of what's happening. Then he runs back inside <laughs> the house because he sees so how how many police cars are showing up. Now you have a dozen police out. While the two perps that were inside of the tumbling car, they bust their way out of the windshield and run away. They're running after them, and then you have a canine cop that is literally is holding on to the dog instead of letting it loose. And, and and because he's holding on to the dog, he has one. He, the dog's under his legs, so it looks like he's riding. It looks like he's riding the dog into battle. It's, it's literally twenty of the most chaotic seconds I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen so many things happen in twenty seconds. Oh my gosh! 
That's just. It looks like it's a cow. It's like a circus. Yeah, I may have to play that on my Friday night show tonight, too. So it is so crazy. I literally watched this three or four times. The first time I was like, wait, what just happened? I watched Uh, it again. And I'm like, and then the last time I'm like, is that a police officer like riding a dog? What is happening? It's that was something to behold. Uh, it made me cry with laughter. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I know you guys can't see it, but you're gonna oh, want to. Yeah. They will. Yeah. <laughs> that that was that was something else. Did you see that Gavin Newsom posted on Truth Social yesterday? Gavin Newsom's on Truth. Gavin Newsom is on Truth Social. I guess they have to. I guess they have to go where the fight is, huh? Yeah. He posted a video. Um, it said, "Here's the truth." That was the uh, the title. Of the video. Do you, do you want to hear what it says? Yeah, please. Okay. Everybody, it's Governor Gavin Newsom. And I know we're all on this platform in search for the truth. But the truth is, I've not been able to find a simple explanation for the fact that we have a red state murder problem. Eight of the top 10 states oh, with God. the highest murder rates happen to be red states. So the question is simple. What are the laws and policies in those states that are leading to such carnage? Wow. So you've heard of the ratio. Well, here's my question. Yeah. They don't they don't embark on a propaganda campaign like this without having first produced data that they can lean on. What are they what are they using to support this? I, I don't know. It's not linked anywhere because I mean, I the the CDC under Obama produced a study on gun violence that did not really help his cause too much when they said that the average 30,000 gun-related deaths every year were attributed to 20,000 suicides, and then mostly of that last 10,000 split apart uh, big cities, gang-related violence. Uh, I mean, that. so what has been left for interpretation? They had to have produced some data to launch this. I don't know. I, d- I don't see the data, so I don't know. I that's do- just what he says. It yeah, just- that's it. It's just that. That's it. My word. And and he's got 620 retruth- retruths and 14.5 thousand comments. So talk about a ratio. Like, obviously, what does he expect to happen? Right. But the fact that he started an account on Truth Social to do that is encouraging to me. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, I'm. I'm- I actually give him credit for trying to jump into the fray like that, thinking, I don't know, what's he going to do? Change minds, infect the well a little bit. That's just no, if if anything, he validated the platform. Yeah. Right. So there's that. Um, And then, you know, it goes along with something that's been televised all over CNN the past two weeks, which is the, the percentage of people who actually care about this stuff. It's so it's so small. I don't know if you know, like it said here. Let's see a CNN survey. Most important issue in vote in vote for Congress, i.e. What is your most important issue? Um, Hold on a second. Hold on. Okay, so 48 percent care about the economy. 17 percent are thinking about gun violence, 12 percent abortion and 6 percent immigration, i.e. Nobody cares about this stuff. 
They're trying to cram crap down our throats that nobody actually really even cares about. It's been said over and over again. The economy is always going to supersede everything else. And uh, and because they're communists, I, I mean, well, not I, many of them are ideological communists. But like I said, oh, we've said before, communism is a is a weapon that's used uh, that 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 is never going to produce any kind of economic prosperity. So they would love to get people hyper fixated on mostly. I mean, uh, abortion is not a meaningless thing here. That is a, I think, a, a very big cultural sticking point as far as whether we are going to be, uh, I don't know, let into heaven or not. But it's uh, that, that's just what it is. If they can get you concentrating on things that are obviously less important to people household to household, then they can take away a little bit more attention from the fact that all of their ideas will just continue to destroy countries and planets and and that's that. They don't have to answer for it. I think the key thing about the abortion topic is not that it's not important to people. It's that they are unfazed by the Roe v. Wade, you know, basically Roe v. Wade turnover. They're- Especially if they know what Roe v. Wade is going to, how it would not affect abortion in their state. At, at, absolutely not. You know, how it's not going to get rid of abortion. If anybody actually understands that much of it, then it's this this isn't keeping them up at night. No, it's not. And and you know what? I think it's backfired to a large degree because mm. we had somebody accused, uh, you know, coming, trying to kill a Supreme Court justice and Nancy Pelosi saying we're not approving more security for these people. Are you out of your mind? Like, it's just everything's backfiring. Did and they you- give themselves pay raises. I know we're not going to give these. Uh, we know that all of our our craziest sycophants are are looking to kill these people. Outside, they're seeking them out in their ho- private homes. But no, no, no. If we gave them security, we'd be validating that we caused a problem. But we're going to we're going to give ourselves a raise. It's it's insane. Did you see um, Jimmy Dore and Glenn Greenwald on Tucker yesterday? No, but I heard about it. Do you want to? It's like a three minute clip of Jimmy Dore, which I think is like really something important. I, yeah, I'd love to. I, I, Jimmy Dore is great. You know, I don't uh, obviously we're on different sides of the universe on a lot of on a lot of things, but he is uh, he's very solid. Yeah, he says some cool stuff here, which, again, I don't agree with him on everything, but he's been just like many of these other people who start realizing things are bad and then start slowly changing their policy and their 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 ideology as they realize how bad things really are. Like Jimmy Dore started off being anti Russia, 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 like he knew that it was all BS. And but he was very progressive elsewhere. And I've seen him like slowly inching over because once you see it, you can't unsee it. So here he is. Right now, are you keeping a list of all the things Putin is doing? Russia is very powerful. They control a lot of things. Uh, They Overthrew our government. They committed a coup on America. They control the gas prices, and the Russia is responsible for our inflation. And let me just tell you, uh, last time I checked, Russia couldn't get their good vodka into Trader Joe's. So I don't think they're really controlling everything like they say they are. Okay, uh, so the, the the Democrats right now are in power. They have complete control of government, and like all politicians, they don't want to take the blame for anything. They want you to blame everybody and everything or anybody and anything. 
anything for the pain that you're feeling right now, except blame them, the people with the power right now. And so that's why everything comes back to Putin, because Putin is a pro proxy for their Trump hate. Right. And you said Larry Summers blamed January 6th on inflation, which is an old uh, Clinton advisor. So uh, what, what they don't want us to realize is that we have a unipolar government. Right. So yes. if you vote for uh, Joe Biden, it, it's you're voting for uh, Goldman Sachs. If you Mitch McConnell, the same thing, you're voting for our oligarchy True. and they don't want you to know that. And as soon as people wake up that we've been being screwed by the same billionaires that control Joe Biden, that control the Republican Party, that's what scares them. They don't want us to they don't want me on your show talking to your audience, telling them that people on the left, we smell a rat. And we know that Joe Biden is completely controlled by the oligarchy and the corporations. And right now, the American people are paying the price. What are we paying the price for? Not for Putin's inflation, not for Putin's gas hike. This is Joe Biden's invasion. This is NATO's invasion. This is Joe Biden's policies. These are Joe Biden's policies that are wrecking the dollar, that are propping up the ruble to the, it's stronger than it's ever been. And they're blaming a foreign country. Imagine if Trump did that. They'd be making jokes about it every night on the nightly news. Of course. Yeah. They're not, not. I mean, the nightly talk shows, but of course they're not. They're all coddling. You saw Jimmy Kimmel have to coddle that old man, the guy who probably got stuck in a couch before he left that place. This is who's and you know, Joe Biden's not making the decisions. We all know that he's mentally right. impaired and we all know that Kamala Harris isn't making those decisions because she also can't speak in clear sentences. So who is really running the country? Well, whoever runs the Democratic Party, which is a handful of billionaires, those are the ones. So if you're paying a higher price, they did a control demolition of our economy with the COVID lockdowns. And That's nobody right. wants to take responsibility for that. COVID lockdowns, which Johns Hopkins University proved saved zero lives. They didn't make any impact on the death rate whatsoever, right? So that they don't want to take responsibility for that. They want you to blame your neighbor. They won't want you to be angry at the oligarchs or Fauci or Big Pharma or the media that controls you, that makes you think that essential medicines are poison. They want you to blame your neighbor. It's everybody is a Trumper or or they're not. It's you're with us or against us. And that is a that's the only message they have left. And then they have censorship left because they have failed, Tucker. Why do you think it is that Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer are the leaders in the House and Nancy in the Senate and Nancy is the leader in the because they're not leaders. Those people have negative charisma. I wouldn't ask Chuck Schumer directions to the freeway. Why are they the leaders? Because they're the ones who take the most money from the billionaire class that actually runs this country. They take the money from them and they they person to the other members of Congress so they vote for them as leader, not because they're leaders, but because they're the most corrupt. I love Jimmy Dore. I love him. You can't. Seriously. I mean, it's like it was like George Carlin came back from the dead. If you and, and, and if anybody's never watched Jimmy before, he is a progressive. Yep. Um, in and you know you're if you are a American traditionalist and you are a small government, minute government or for a, a, a you know stateless society person you're not going to align with him on a lot but i but he is solid on free speech he's solid on media corruption he, he really I, I watch him more often than not you can hear and, his progressiveness in his in his vernacular oh but, yeah no but, he he envisions a better he wants a better more reasonable democrat party or or at least a a reasonable progressive um uh, outlet for people like him. So he's on the opposite side of the universe for people who want to be aligned with a truly bold, libertarian, small government, decentralized 
candidate or organization or whatever the hell or culture, I should say, because candidates and organizations are are always something that uh, you, you can't put too much faith in. So, yeah, you, you're going to roll your eyes once in a while, but he, he's solid. I He always hits it on the head. Yeah. I mean, even though he's progressive, he's actually right about everything. He just yeah, <laughs> like and they don't like I say all the time and you say it too. They don't want us to agree on anything. Like, that's basically another point he was making there. Once we start agreeing on things, they are in trouble. And I think we agree on a lot right now. Right. Anyway, that was a good Friday show. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with... Overcast Val and... Sunny Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. And Frank is back starting next week full time. Yay. Say it. So, later. (laughs) I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist, so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 